This is Politics for the Soul. I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd. And Elaine, today we're talking about the January 6th hearings. Uh, there have been two of them so far. And uh, just some initial impressions myself. Uh, I, I, I was glued to the television for the first session. And I really feel that uh, the committee, the chair, uh, and particularly Representative Cheney, Liz Cheney, did a great job of laying a strong foundation of what the evidence will show and uh, what has been involved here. And it seems very clear that um, the president was deeply involved in this. He was uh, involved, you can call it a conspiracy at the, uh, uh, in my opinion, Uh, some people might disagree with that, but I really feel that um, this committee really properly laid out a path forward. And I want to get your thoughts, Elaine. Like, how do, you, how do you feel they did, you know, initially when they started off the hearings and then as it progressed, um, providing evidence and that type of thing? Well, this was a long time coming. We have been waiting for the committee, which has been fairly leak-free, to come forth with the evidence. Um, the first one on session one Uh, What struck me was how violent the insurrection was. We watched it in real time. We've seen the clips over and over again. They showed a lot of footage that we had never seen before. And it is stunning to me. It was a medieval violence. And that was my takeaway on the, the first one. And then the other thing that was stunning about the first hearing was that this was a preplanned attack. This was a coup. This was a deliberate coup to overturn the election results orchestrated from the White House. Think about that. That is a great big wow. That has never happened in the history of our country that the sitting president of the United States perpetrated a coup in order to stay in power. And I'm unsure why the American people aren't outraged about it. Do you think they are? Well, you know, that's a good question. Are people outraged? I think there are a lot of people who are truly outraged by what happened. And I think if you really talk to people across the country, they are outraged at what happened, that this was an attack on our capital, attack on our democracy. Now, the unfortunate thing is, though, that there is always this percentage of the population that just doesn't seem to get it. And they just don't seem to understand how dangerous this this uh, attack on our government was. And that's and, the and, point, the danger. This is right. danger. We're still in the danger zone on this. Right. And if, and if we don't have a democracy, it doesn't matter what gas prices are. Right. And, and you know, I think the chair said it very well in the beginning when he said that these individuals uh, and groups uh, that attacked the Capitol, this um, was an, an attack on the Constitution. Yes. And and I think that's hard sometimes for people to grasp that this is an attack on our constitution. And 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 it shouldn't be hard to grasp because we have a constitution, we have a a a, a form of government, a republic, and you know it's 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 you know watching the Ben Franklin series watching it's a republic if you can keep it. And and we really almost lost it on We've January always 6th. Had, we have always had the orderly transfer of power in this country for more than 200 years, an orderly transfer of power. And this time they it, it, it nearly didn't happen. 
So let, let, let me give you um, another, another point and move on to what happened on the second session is that hundreds of these defendants that are now being prosecuted who perpetrated this attack on the Capitol, they were duped. They were cult-like in their devotion to Donald Trump and this little bubble of uh, liars that perpetrated this attack on the Capitol. These, he had foot soldiers who believed him and the donors that kept putting money into the Republican Party and, and Donald Trump uh, they raised, uh, they said on the second hearing, $250 million. Right. These are people that cannot and are not thinking critically. What's up? Yeah, well, that's a, that's a good point. And, and, and it does not excuse their behavior because these are thinking individuals, well, supposedly thinking individuals. But there is, a, there is that clear evidence that, you know, Trump did dupe these individuals. He started by saying this election was a lie and he's and he fuels these supremacist thoughts that, you know, you're losing your country, which I have always found is just the most ridiculous thing in the world. You're losing your, to, to who? And, and it's a democracy. We vote. Sometimes a Democrat wins. Sometimes a Republican wins. Sometimes someone conservative wins. Someone liberal. A man wins. A woman wins. Whatever. And so, yes, there is that duping of individuals. But then beyond the duping, though, there are those individuals who have to stand on their own. And, and in groups like the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, I mean, these groups are, you know, you talk about a group of individuals who are just losers. And, you know, I, it, this weekend, and I don't want to sidetrack too much, but this weekend, a group of white supremacists in Idaho were stopped and arrested uh, because it was believed that they were going to an attack a, a gay pride parade. So, so there's a couple levels here. One is you have these supremacy groups, but then where I do completely agree with you is that Donald Trump then used his pulpit, used his power to say, hey, go and attack the Capitol. And it's very clear. And just like at Charlottesville, when he said there are very fine people on both sides, and we also told the Proud Boys at one point to stand stand by, stand back and stand by or whatever. Well, stand by and stand back so you can come to the Capitol on January 6th. Well, and well that's right. That's right. And that and this was all uh, deliberate. And in the second hearing, they were showing how he knew that he had lost. That was what they showed, that this was not someone who was misled himself. He was shown and told time and time again that that he lost the election, he refused to accept it, and he deliberately has expanded this big lie. So now our democracy continues to be threatened because all over the country, including in my state, the people who are running for uh, uh, secretary of state who run the elections and who run the election boards are on the ballot and trying to convince people that the big lie is for real and these people who intend to throw the election and therefore overthrow our democracy will be put in the power. Now, I just had a friend who, who has always worked as a poll worker 
a paid poll worker work in the election. And the other thing that they're doing is putting in as poll workers, those who believe the big lie. And she had to work with somebody who constantly said to people coming in, this is fraud, this is wrong. She was told time and time again, she couldn't do it. She kept doing it to the point my friend says, I am not doing this anymore. So they are taking over the poll workers and driving out normal people like my friend. They are taking over the apparatus and they intend to bring down our democracy. And here's the takeaway of this so far is that had it not been for enough right people in the right place at the right time, we would have lost our democracy in the last election. And we could be running out of luck on the next time unless we look and say, do we want to keep our democracy or do we not? And then my question to you, Bill, and would be the question to our listeners, are you willing to stand up? Are you willing to vote against these these radicals? I'm not even going to call them Republicans. The Republican Party has become um, a snake pit of radical thinkers who want to destroy our democracy in order to keep power. Are you willing to vote for them just because they have an R on their name? Are you willing to be a poll worker? Are you willing to go in and run an election board? These guys have been bullied and they're having death threats. Do you want to be like my friend, have to work next to somebody who's popping off constantly to every voter who just wants to come in and and, uh, cast their ballot? What are you willing to do? Right, right. And I think this is the, the, the big question, and this is how we have to look at all of this. So we, 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 we talk about taking a soulful approach to things. So yeah, we stay grounded, we look at things, but you're right, we need to now take action. So the best thing that anyone can do, and, and you know, look, I understand your friend's frustration, but also think about this. Um, at many poll locations, there are good people who volunteer. There are a lot of young people hopefully, who are starting to volunteer. So we should encourage that. And if there's one person popping off, you know what? The good people shouldn't then say, I'm not going to do this again. That's one person popping off. They should they should note the bad behavior. The uh, person in charge of that poll location really should have removed that person or um, they should have. But we what we need to do now is say, you know what? Let's not let a loud voice chase us away. Let's not let someone screaming at us or talking to voters chase us away. Let's be enlightened. Let's take a a, a new approach and let's really work to recruit good poll workers and get poll workers and volunteer. And, you know, the truth is in in a lot of places, uh, poll workers are are paid, I think, in in most places. Yeah. And so so this is a good. Yeah. So I think this is a good chance, you know, to to really refine that. And, you know, the, 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 where we didn't go, which could have been really insane on January 6th, if, let's just say, uh, Trump had somehow stopped the, the, uh, the uh, Congress from uh, carrying out uh, what it's authorized to the do cer- in the, the Constitution. The certification of the election, yeah. right? The certification yeah. of if, the election. If he had stopped, you know, we don't really know what would have happened if that would have motivated uh, very good people to come out of their homes across the country and say enough. Well, we don't know. Yeah, and, but, and, but I do think there are a lot of good people who will well, stand up. Yeah. Again, it goes back to there were enough people in the right place at the right time in this last election. And I'm going to give a shout out to Mike Pence, who was nothing but a bootlicker for four years. Uh, he refused to get in the car and leave the Capitol. 
He warned that this was going to happen and he did follow the constitution. He is a Republican. I'm not saying that Republicans are bad. I'm saying there's a radicalness that are not the Republicans anymore. And you need to look and determine the difference. I also wanna give a shout out to um, uh, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger, who are basically losing their careers, their political careers as representatives. They will not lose their careers. They're winners in life. They are not losers who have decided that saving our democracy was more important. And when we look at these three Republicans who are Republicans through and through in their beliefs and in their policies, we have to emulate their courage and their devotion to our democracy and the US constitution. And I am asking everyone to look in your heart, look in your soul and say, what are you willing to do to help save this democracy? Because it is on the brink. Well, I think with that, I think we've really touched on it all. And uh, uh, thank you for joining us today. This has been Politics for the Soul and I'm Bill Hackett. And I'm Elaine Hurd and please, While you're praying, pray for our democracy.